Based in Ellicott City, Maryland, Susan Veet Heslin has been writing songs and playing music most of her life. She loves creating and listening to music. Susan composes and performs on guitar and piano and has recently added ukulele to the mix. She is proud to be a part of the diverse musical community that exists today. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a brand new song in one week based on a prompt, and then talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Susan Veet Heslin. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Now, uh, we were talking a little bit ago, and uh, I realized exactly how prolific a songwriter you are. You are, because you're constantly doing songwriting challenges, um, uh, particularly uh, the Fearless Songwriting Ch uh, Challenge by Timmy Reardon, but also a, a bundle of other groups that you have where you do challenges like that. Talk to me about this, because I, 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 I think I, I, I'm a pretty prolific songwriter, I think, um, but, but I'm nowhere near as prolific as you. So, I mean, talk about that. What, what are all the things that you do to, to keep yourself writing during the year? Well, um, I should probably back up and say uh, the reason why I started doing the songwriting challenges was I had quite a break in my musical um, songwriting process, uh, you know, kids, family, jobs, all that stuff. So once I started writing, um, I needed like an external motivator. And that's what these challenges give me. And also, I was starting a lot of songs, but not finishing them. So knowing that you had to submit it in a certain time frame, and also the other wonderful part of these groups is the feedback that you get from other songwriters, not someone in your family who will say, oh, that sounds great. You know, someone who will actually say, I like this, or maybe you could try this, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, uh, I just really enjoy the prompts, especially when it's a prompt I don't relate to and I have to make myself write to it. Um, some of two, um, both of my songs that I shared tonight are Timmy prompts that, and I never would have gotten those songs on my own. So I'm really grateful um, for the songwriting communities, communities that I belong to that um, give me the opportunity to write all these songs. Well, you, you said that you used to write a bunch of, or start writing a bunch of songs that you didn't finish. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What was your process back before you got into prompt writing? Oh, probably I would write, you know, if I was feeling an emotion or if I had been motivated by something that happened. You know, I didn't really have a, a, a process. If I felt like it, I'd pull out my guitar and see if anything would come out. Um, so there really was a lack of discipline, a lack of structure, and I really didn't set aside time for it. When I do a fearless challenge, which is seven songs in seven days, you really have to set aside time and make it a priority every day. Did you find a... Now, I mean, when you did finish a song before you used to use prompts, how did you decide, or what, was, what did that look like, a finished song? Something that I would play for other people, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it would have, you know, a full structure, and um, I felt it was connected, and it was good enough that I could share it with other people. And did you, have you noticed a, a qualitative change in the, uh, the songs that you, you write since then? 
Oh, absolutely. When, when you write so often, you just, you have all these tricks um, and techniques that you can use to go from that verse to that bridge to that chorus. And you just, you don't have time to really think about it. So you just try things. It, it's like letting that creative part of your brain drive and the editing part. And that's another story. I'm not good at going back and editing some of these uh, songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what is finished in a song? That's a good question. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting thing because uh, when I started doing kind of fast songwriting, you know, I, I was doing the Song a Day January project. Well, I mean, I would still go back and edit, but it would usually be, you know, relatively minor edits. And one of the reasons why I've kind of embraced it as much as I have over the last few years is because I don't think the ones that I used to slave over for months or years actually were that much better, if if at all. Um, and you know, some of them definitely, but, but I, you know, I'll definitely get, you know, some really great songs out of doing fast songwriting or first, first draft songwriting is kind of how I see it. And mm-hmm. then first draft and revise type songwriting. And yeah, so I, I, I just haven't felt compelled to go back to the old way so much. <laughs> yeah. And I think also knowing that some songs, you know, they say some, some songs you just write for the garbage can, you just get them out, throw them out. You don't deal with them again. Or you put them in your reserve pile and you steal a bridge or a chorus or a chord progression from them. Um, but it's easier sometimes just to write a new song than yeah. to go back and you know dissect what didn't work with the first one. I, do you have the experience then of? Um, I, I have this experience where if I if I and I, this really hit me before I started doing uh, uh, first draft songwriting that if I didn't finish it right away and it took time, that it would just go cold and it would be hard for me to bring it back. And 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 unfortunately, I, I look back at some really great hooks that I came up with or, or just ideas. And, you know, I used to use a tape recorder for that stuff. And, uh, and I can't do anything with it anymore because it's just so cold and I, I don't know how to bring those back. I mean, do you, do you have that same problem that sometimes it just, it, it gets cold? It gets cold. I think, you know, lyrically, if you go back too far, you know, it's another time in your life and you really Mm -hmm. can't uh, relate to it. Musically, I think I've progressed beyond some of my, most of my earlier stuff. I do have one song that I went back to. I wrote it in college and I have since added another half of, of the song. I never finished it. And I've now have like a 20 year later perspective second half of the song which i think is kind of interesting nice oh i like that that's that's a great idea so one would think if you write a lot of songs that perhaps your your the sophistication that perhaps the sophistication of the songs would would grow quite a bit but i guess another way could be that you might find your your style your personal style and just just find that pocket and and perfect that. I mean, which way do you see the songwriting taking you, or is it a different way altogether? That's a really good question. I don't even know if I could nail like what genre I'm in now. I'm kind of all over the place with who I listen to, and depending on what instrument I play, different songs come out. So it's I'm not really sure. Well, so when you're when you're writing a song, do you do you take inspiration from other songwriters, or how does that play a part? I I do. Um, 
I've done everything from using a song as a reference point and kind of dissecting someone else's song and figuring out what what I like about it melodically, structurally, lyrically, um, the vibe of it, the rhythm of it. And in my own voice, I try to write a song that hits those points without obviously being their song. But I had never done that before. That was something that I learned. I'm sort of dipping my toes into the sync world, writing for TV and film. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, they will give you a reference song and say, we're looking for songs like this. So you you have to break down those songs and figure out what they're saying. So that can be useful in writing, especially if you want to break into another genre or you just want to change things up. So we haven't talked much about uh, licensing for film and television. What, what's been your, can you talk a little bit more about your experience with that? Um, I haven't even gotten to the point of submitting anything at this point. So I'm investigating uh, opportunities and uh, what they're looking for. And the very first thing you have to do is really figure out what your sound is and what your genre is so you don't go chasing after things that are too far away. Um, I'm also wanting to do this without spending a lot of money, so I want to be able to produce myself. So I've been working on recording myself, and uh, that's a whole nother oh, sure. <laughs> ball of wax. <laughs> well, but that's that's an interesting question in, in, in its own right. Uh, now that you're learning production, do you find that when you're writing a song that you... Or, or perhaps when you're producing a song, does that affect the songwriting? Do you revise the song in a way to, to fit the production? Or do you ever write a song thinking about what the production's going to be? I, I do. So when I first started, I would use a single microphone and record myself one track. Um, now that I have multiple tracks, that opens up harmonies and multiple instruments and... Um, I, I do think about that when I write, and I'm trying to write a song now that has a round in it. So mm. you can take the verse and the chorus and the bridge, and they all sort of go together. And so at the end, you you do them all sort of at the same time. Oh, very and nice. I, yeah, I could have never done that before, and you know, that was a musical. So I have these little musical goals, like write a song with a round in it that works. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into one of your songs here. You, you brought me a couple here. I'm going to start with one called This I Know. Do you want to give us just some basics on this song? Uh, sure. Uh, so this, uh, the prompt for this, this was a Timmy prompt, and the prompt was $2 show. And the reason why I picked this is I didn't know what a $2 show was when I wrote this song, but I didn't let that stop me. Um, and it also turned out that all the prompts that week from Timmy were, were lyrics in Gillian Welch songs. Oh, interesting. Who I also didn't know. So, um, so this $2 show prompt, and I built this song around it, and the song, um, it's, it's kind of got a different structure to it. It doesn't really have a traditional chorus or anything like that. And it moves from need to needed, and this whole I don't know theme. Uh, or okay. the the knowing theme. So, well, let's let's take a listen to it, and then we can get a little bit more in depth there. Uh, but this is this I know by Susan Veet Heslin. 
That's that was a great song. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That, I, I really uh, first off that your uh, guitar picking is really great. <laughs> I, I love that. It just that you you really got a good uh, uh, really great sound going with that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a um, great tuning. That tuning just lends itself to a great sound. D G D G B D. Nice, nice. And it, did you write it to that tuning, or was that something oh, yeah. you? You changed it to, okay. 
That's so. What's that? Uh, well, let me just say a few things about this first. With my 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 impression here is one thing. I, I really like the uh, the melodic surprise that you have in the chorus, where you go with you know two dollars show. You know that 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 rise there is just really really hooks me. That really hooks me. And you've got a a, a lot of good uh, uh, imagery here. Well, I you know and one thing that just strikes me is how personal it feels. And you took this from a prompt, and I would say that all all three of the songs that you've brought in all seem really personal, and I know that they were all from prompts. So can you talk a little bit about how you took this two dollar show and <laughs> and and turned it into something and maybe it's not personal, maybe it's like totally maybe you just tossed it off, maybe it doesn't mean anything personal to you, but what, what's the process of turning this into something that at least sounds personal? Gosh. Um, well, for this song, I definitely started with that guitar riff, the hammering on, the hammering off stuff, or uh -huh. pull-offs. Um, and I had that going, and I came up with a melody. And it wasn't really a personal experience, except we've all had experiences where, you know, people betrayed us on some level. Sure. And I think I started going that route, and I wanted this character to kind of get her power back in the end, which is also something that I've certainly been through. Uh, so there's certainly an element of me in this song, but not this specific experience. What, what is your, what is your interpretation of $2 show? <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I guess some, just something that's not worth a lot, not worth your time, not worth your energy, not worth worrying about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did find out what it really is. It's uh, what does it really some, mean? I think it's some sort of movie or show thing in Texas, or perhaps oh, okay. Gillian Welch is based. I'm not sure. I took it to be kind of like a kind of a cheap distraction, sort of a frivolous distraction that uh, may be kind of showy on the you know superficially interesting, but you know it, it it's about skin deep or something like that. You know, I'd like to change my answer to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's better. That's better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and actually, I had this song without the last verse for a long time, and I had to do something live that I had to record, or it was going to be live streamed, and I just whipped out this verse, and I think it's what the song needed, and then the outro. So the song kind of sat unfinished for uh, a year or so until I pulled it out and realized, okay, what will finish this? That will finish it. Hmm. And so when you were writing this, were you, I mean, you, you, you built it around the, the guitar part. You said it was a, based on a, Gillian, uh, a line from a Gillian Welch song. Did you know that at the time? Did you try to, no? Okay. So, so that, was, that didn't come into play about how you were putting it yeah. together. And this was done on a prompt, and you wrote this in one day. But you accepted, you, except for the revisions you said on the, the last right. uh, this verse. Was a, yeah, this is the seven days, so a song. Every day. So it's kind of the thing where, like you said, you just write, I forget what you call it, but you let it just flow out of you. Uh -huh. And, and you, you know you can go back later and edit and you just see what comes out. I know for me, when I'm doing a song a day, you know, sometimes it'll take two hours, sometimes it'll take seven hours. But how long did it take for this one to come out? I don't think an awful lot of time. I think I got it down musically. When I first started doing these, I would sing every time I played them, and I would lose my voice by the end of the seven days. So I oh, learned mm -hmm. singing in my head. 
<laughs> so I would sing it in my head. And if I had the time, you know, sometimes I stay in the flow and completely finish the song. Other times I just do what I need to do, come back and hit it and hit it throughout the day until, you know, just a little fresh perspective, taking a step away from it. And I think I did that with this song um, until I got the verses uh, where I wanted them. All right. Well, that was that was great. Thank you for sharing that one. Let's take a listen here to you've got another one here. We This one's called The Closer I Get, also from a Fearless Songwriting Challenge. Do you want to talk about the prompt at least or any any special precursors to writing it? Sure. Uh, the one thing I remember was this was the seventh prompt for that week. So this was the last song that I wrote. Um, and then the prompt at last and too soon, you know, that's kind of a nice broad sort of prompt. Were you, did you feel um, spent at the end of the week? I mean, was it... <laughs> Not once this song started to come out. Um, oh. I was pretty excited. Um, and this song, do you want me to tell you what it's about now, or do you want to listen to it first? No, let's or? listen to it first. Let's listen to it first. Uh, Sounds and then good. We'll, we'll get to it. So, yeah. All right. Okay, this is The Closer I Get by Susan Veet Heslin.
All right. So you said that you felt kind of inspired once you got going on this. Uh, what's let, let's talk about like writing when you're inspired versus writing when you're kind of pushing through because you probably did both during that the songwriting challenge that week. Let's talk about that. How did that feel different? Well, probably when I'm feeling inspired, it it just flows more easily. I don't have to think, what should I say next? It just kind of comes out. And, and do you find that the quality of the songs are different? or Probably the authenticity is different. So do you feel like the ones that just kind of flow from inspiration are a little bit more authentic than the ones you have to push through? I think some of the ones that really flow, I'm probably more connected to personally. Uh -huh. And so there's more of an authenticity in the lyrics and um, probably is more me than songs that I try to force into maybe not quite my style or a prompt that I'm not relating to, but I just, you know, write a song just to be done, but it's mm -hmm. not really me. It doesn't say what I really want to say. Uh, but this one, so this one you felt was a lot more personal than the other one that we played. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So would you want to walk us through the, the process of making this? How did this, how did this come, come out? I think um, I, I came up with that, the, the first verse right away. And it kind of just fell out. And I realized that this song was going to be about songwriting mm, okay. and being in music and kind of the highs and the lows. And some days you feel like you don't want to do it anymore, but you just do a little bit more. So, I mean, it certainly has a lot of analogies to many things in life. But for me personally, this was about my songwriting and being in music in general. Both of these songs are from the Fearless Songwriting Challenge, but you do other types of song uh, projects. Do you want to talk about any of the other ones and, and how they differ from this? Sure. Um, the very first one I started was um, through uh, Sarah Spencer has a group on Facebook called The Five and Five. And uh, her company or whatever is called Song Fancy. And so it's all done through Facebook. And you post your song on Facebook, you get all your feedback on Facebook, the prompts come up on Facebook. And she does it multiple times throughout the year. Um, and I just started doing those and I couldn't get all five songs, certainly, uh, the first bunch of times I did it. Is it five songs in five days? Is that what that is? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, five songs in five days. Um, and so I did that probably for a couple of years. And the other really great thing about these challenges is you meet other musicians. Yeah. And now I'm meeting people that I'm collaborating with through these challenges or doing a podcast with. That's right. That's right. Because that's I, that's where I, I met you. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Um, I do um, Soul Writers University, SWU, which is one song a week, which is kind of nice because you can really take your time and get something um, a little more crafted. Mm -hmm. a little more thoughtful and you can produce it a little bit instead of just singing it into your phone at 10 to midnight, <laughs> you can take your time with it. Yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. And then the fearless, the seven and seven, the first time I did the seven and seven days, I thought, Oh my God, this is going to kill me <laughs> and kill my family. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, that's something we haven't, we haven't talked about too much is what the rigors uh, of, of being a songwriter, being a creative person. Uh, when you have a, a, a family that also uh, relies on you and whatnot. And uh, actually, that's a great question, considering how prolific you are. What, what, what are the effects of that? 
Well, I can tell you that in the early years, they'd be up for a listen. And now <laughs> they're, they're kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will play my songs a lot of times if I'm cleaning or cooking because, and other people's songs, you know, I do a lot of listening. But I listen very critically to my own things, especially if I'm in the middle of writing something. I'll throw down a recording and listen to it while I'm making dinner. And every so often, my husband, I can see him, you know, tip his head and listen. And he thinks, gosh, was that inspired by a fight or is that about me? Oh, interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, you use your life for your songwriting material. So and sometimes I can tell if he really likes a song. He usually won't comment at all unless he thinks it's about him or he really likes it. Mm. So it's kind of nice having, you know, another set of ears. Um, I also have a dedicated space in my house now to do this. And I used to record in the garage for the reverb. It's great sound. Sounds cold, though. Just, oh, it was cold. It was hot. It was not good. And yeah. it constantly was setting up and breaking down. So it's one. It's such a gift to have a dedicated space where everything is here. Mm-hmm. And it saves me so much time. And I don't interfere with people going to bed. I can play at any time of the day. Oh, nice. That's that's yes, nice. I'm, yeah, I'm in the basement. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so that's I, well, that's an interesting question. There, uh, do do you find that uh, the flow of writing has changed now that you're you do have a dedicated space? I think I treat it more like kind of a job. You know, I'm much more intentional, and I mm-hmm. plan my day around it instead of trying to sneak, you know, time here and there. I actually I'm much more thoughtful. And it just seems less um, work to do it because everything is already set up. There's less of a um, resistance to start. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you, you you do some week-long songwriting challenges. And in fact, this, this podcast is a week-long songwriting challenge. Just in a general sense, not necessarily about this specific song, let's just talk a little bit more about how that, that differs. Because you said you could put a little bit more craft craftsmanship into a song with over a week but at the same time you know you you banged out that one song with inspiration uh, <laughs> do do you i mean having more time to craft do you think that actually does that kill inspiration ever or or how does that does that affect things gosh that's a really good question um the week long challenge has an additional prompt that makes it a little bit harder um there's usually something that you have to do. Um, I had to write a song with no, no um, pronouns in it. Oh, wow. There are surprising, and not just personal pronouns, any pronoun. Hmm. There are a lot more pronouns than I thought. So that was very, very hard. And I needed the whole week to say what I wanted to say without pronouns. Um, the other thing it lets you do is put some songs in the trash can that week. Uh, the song that I wrote tonight, I did it. For tonight, I did a couple of songs that I discarded and just moved on. I actually tried to double dip. I tried to do my SWU song and this song unsuccessfully. Oh, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I... <laughs> no, no. No, I'm glad I got this the song that I did. I'm glad um, the way that it worked out. But sometimes the, the challenges do coincide, and you try to work both prompts into one song. That that is, and I'll admit, having most of my songwriting had been done in January's uh, the last few years, and those were all one day affairs. And if you threw something out, which sometimes I would, it would turn like a three hour songwrite into an eight hour songwrite, and it would be 
just merciless. It would be horrible. Um, it would be so uh, tiring. Uh, but yeah, having a week to be able to to kind of sift through bad ideas, I guess, is is a luxury. That's interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say, it feels like a luxury when you're banging a song out a day. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you necessarily get a better song because, you know, that's the whole mystery of songwriting. What makes a good song? I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's the thing for me. I, of course, my, my experience so far with the week long songwriting thing is that I'll have a week and I'll mostly wait until the day before to finish it. And I've been procrastinating. Now that has more to do with I've had other projects that I've been trying to wrap up, and uh, once those are wrapped up, I hope to get more into the habit of starting early in the week and having, you know, a little bit more time to work. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But let's, um, actually, let's take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle, and we are sitting here talking to Susan Viet Heslin. Hey, Susan, how you doing? Hey, David. I'm doing great. All right. Well, we're going to get to the meat of the matter here, which is our weekly song challenge. Let's start off by talking about the prompts that uh, <laughs> that you had to choose from. So I like to use uh, a random weird word generator. That's why the that's why that's such a weird word. But the uh, the random word that we came up with was I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. I have Sarang- no idea how to say it. <laughs> Saranoscopy. Let's say that's what it is. And that means, it's a noun, and it means divination by interpreting thunder and lightning, a form of aromancy. Okay. We had a random question. That question is, if you had to wear a hat for a week, what type of hat would you choose? Then there was a random quote. When people are free to do as they please, they usually imitate each other. That's from Eric Hoffer. And then we had a random picture of a, I believe, a bronze statue of, what do you think, a king, a knight? Uh, but it's kind of interesting because it's kind of a ghostly image. The, It has the hands and part of the body, but you can see through it as well. So it has kind of this depiction of a ghost on a beach. Is that what it looks like to you? I hadn't noticed it at the time. I thought it was something out of a video game, to be honest with you, like a partial hologram or something oh i suppose that's possible but it looks to me like it's it looked to I, me like it was real i took it to be like a bronze statue i, I think you're right yeah. <laughs> but uh which one did you decide to go with i went with the quote when people are free to do as they please they usually imitate each other so where where did that take you well i uh did a little uh, one thing that i will do with prompts is I'll do some research first. I will um, Google the word if I don't know it, like I did when I did the hard pass on the first prompt. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will look up, uh, in this case, I looked up a lot of his quotes, and I really built up um, a lot of ideas, a lot of them I discarded. And then I had a song that I thought was pretty close to what I wanted to say. And um, I got some feedback that kind of stung a little bit on it, mm. and it kind of hurt my feelings. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, feedback is, is good, and you have to it, – it's all meant with the best of intentions, but 
songwriting can be personal and it's easy to take things personally. So anyway, um, so that's kind of where I went. I kind of focused on the first half of the quote, which was when people are free to do as they please. And I thought somewhat personally how I can't always say what I want to say and how it would feel if I could always say what I wanted to say. So that's kind of where I went. Interesting. So so this is the case where the first song you kind of threw out and you started another song? This is actually song number three. This was number one, three. Yeah. So the first one never went anywhere. The second one was a complete song. Um, and and that this, was the one that was critiqued and Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's let's talk about critiquing a little bit. What 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 do you think is the because I have I have opinions on how critique should be done, uh, but do you have a like a way that you think critique should be done? Oh gosh, I think what I would like to hear is you know certainly what resonated with people, what what they liked, and I also want to hear what didn't ring as true if if a phrase you know didn't seem to fit or a melodic pattern didn't seem to fit or you know I, I definitely want to hear both sides. I I don't want to just oh that was really great because that doesn't help me at all it's it's hard sometimes I know I've given feedback to people when I when I hear their song and I think oh my gosh it really needs this I won't do it publicly I'll do it privately mm -hmm. and I'll message them or or do it offline um and, and by the way I should say that I, I think you're excellent at giving critiques because you've been uh oh. critiquing the songs that I've been posting on the podcast up to this point and and they've been great they've been very thorough and uh you've given a lot of great great feedback so well thank you i i really like listening to other people's songs and figuring out for myself what i really like about it and uh why it's a good song yeah that's great and yeah you definitely have that uh kind of you kind of do an autopsy on, on a song when you're <laughs> listening to it yeah. yeah i think uh yeah for me critiques you know, I think I used to like to get brutal critiques, but I don't I don't know if I buy those anymore. I don't I don't know that I like those so much anymore. I think that there 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 are different types of critiquers out there. And I should write this down sometime because this is there there are critiquers who kind of feel like they're they're obligated to to really pick things apart. And I think there was a period where I was that kind of critiquer actually that I felt like well, you know, I'm doing them a favor by just, you know, tearing their thing apart and um, and showing all the weak spots and whatnot. But oftentimes I think it's kind of irrelevant. I think it, you know, I think oftentimes, in my mind, a, a song is basically, if if there's a central hook, if there's something that's really captures your attention and everything else around it is mediocre, but it doesn't distract from that, to me, that's a good song, as long as it has that good thing. I, you know, so part of me is like, yeah, you know, I've become a lot more forgiving about songwriting as I've as I've gotten older and more experienced. I think uh, the other thing is uh, the subjective reality of a song is more. I, I respect that a lot more. That I, I kind of want people to do kind of a self guided critique. Like, uh, you know, if they think something's good, then it's probably good. It, you know, I want to know what the stuff that they're not sure about is. What What is the stuff that they think is maybe weak? You know, do they want to get that 
And then I can tell them, it's like, no, 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 I think that's really strong. I think that's great. I think you should keep it just the way it is. Or I can say, yeah, you know, I, I think you may be right. There are ways that you could fix that. But, I mean, I, I, I hate being in a position where somebody's really psyched about something and then, you know, I just tell them, it's like, I, I, I really hate that part. Because it could just be a matter of taste. I mean, that, that's, that's just the thing. I, the, the trick with critiquing, of course, is that, you know, it's, it's good to have multiple critiques because you can kind of put certain, you know, criticism in a bucket. And, uh, you know, you can say, well, that kind of person doesn't like this kind of thing. And this kind of person does. You know, because you don't usually get the same kind of criticism. Though, of course, oftentimes, uh, there are times where you get the same kind of criticism. So that's something to pay attention to. And then you're like, oh, great. It must be true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, have you ever been criticized that way? And you're like, oh, God, but I really, really like that. I'm going to keep it. Well, I, I think um, one thing with, with song critiquing is it's good if you can explain what, what kind of feedback you're looking for. Yeah. So if you're like totally set on the melodic part, but unsure on the, the uh, lyrics then say, I, I really just want a lyric critique on this yeah. because I'm pretty solid with the musical part of it. Um, or if you say, you know, I had a really hard time with this transition. Can you guys think of anything better? Um, I had a song critiqued once by someone in a group that I participate in, and she suggested something that made so much sense that I never even thought of. Huh. And it was taking out this little transition, this one bar transition that I used between every verse and every chorus. And she said, take it out after the, the right before your chorus, because you're losing momentum getting into the chorus. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, why didn't I think of that? But see, they have the, you know, the perspective that you don't have. You're in it. Yeah. Though, have you ever been in a critique group where you felt like those people are just that they're not really the type of song that you wrote is not the kind of song that they write and it's not, yeah, I, it, it's tricky. I, yeah, it's, it's good to go in and get a variety of, of, of points of view. But I, I, I know that, that, that when I go to a critique group, I kind of walk away oftentimes feeling like 90% of it is not something that, that I really take to heart. And maybe that's ego, you know, it could be an ego thing. And that's, that's part of the thing is being able to walk in and, you know, open yourself up to criticism. But I think I also learned not to take a song that you feel is done. Yeah. It says what you need to say. It sounds good to you. That song is done. Don't open that Pandora's box because that can only go one way. I've had some <laughs> friends who bring in songs that they've, that are fully produced and they're actually on an album. And I'm thinking, why are you bringing this into a critique group? What's the, what do you expect? To, I mean, if, are you going to change it? Are you going to change it at this point? It seems, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll actually ask that. I'll say, you know, what, what, what is unchangeable in this song? Did you pay for a vocalist to lay down a vocal track? In which case, you're not going to go back and, you know, redo that. That's a great, you know, that's a great point. What's unchangeable in the song? I like that. I like that. That's a great question. Anyway, interesting. You know, I wonder... I, this makes me want to have a, a, a roundtable discussion on critiquing sessions, on what works uh, with critiques and what doesn't, and how to conduct them. I think that would be kind of an interesting topic. Count me in. That would be fantastic because it's so critical, especially now that we're not playing out and you know the songs aren't getting heard sure. as much. You need a community of people who can give you some perspective on your songs. You know, that's actually a good point. The difference between critiquing 
with a critique group versus like an audience. And uh, how do you how do you how do you weigh that? Because you, when you go out and you try a song out and you get you know a certain reaction, and of course you know audience members don't usually give you as detailed a response, but I think it's great actually getting audience reaction because sometimes it can take something that you're really down on because maybe from a critique somebody critiqued it and and didn't like something, and then you go out and somebody really loves it and and that really helps. So what what's your experience with that? Um, I have a song that actually my family didn't like, and I played it out, and there was silence afterwards. I mean, they really liked it. And it reminded me that, like you said earlier, musical taste is so specific and, and it's personal. And it's not that it's a bad song. It's just that it's not necessarily in that particular listener's personal taste. So they're yeah. not going to respond to it the same way. Sometimes live things also just have a, a magic that you can't do when you're playing something from your phone. You know, hey, listen to this. Yeah. Um, when I play for friends, I have some friends who will, who are very, who feel quite an emotional connection to my music because they know me and the music can be very emotional. And I can tell, you know, when they cry that I've really, mm. you know, I don't want to make anyone cry, but I, I do want to make people feel something when they listen to the music that I make. And so then I know I've touched them. and. Feedback, you know, family, friends who are not musical, it's very different than from other songwriters, but both necessary. And I, I have one friend in particular who gives me a lot of feedback, and she's not musical at all, other than she likes to listen to music. And she's fantastic. I love it. The two friends, I, actually, give me great feedback. You know, it's funny about, it's funny, the funny thing about musical, you know, like who's musical and who's not, I, it, if somebody listens to music, if they can actually appreciate music and they can recognize it as music, uh, they've got something there. I think the the difference between a like a creative musician versus a passive musician is really just the is just the willingness to put the 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 elbow grease into it. I, I think that you know most people, if they've got taste, if they were just willing to put the time and effort into it, they could produce something that was of the quality that they like. I, I totally agree, and I think both of my friends who do a lot of listening, we could do a heck of a co-write. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you know, that's something with my um, my Song of Day January thing. The The only way I can get through is to is to do about a third of them as co-writes. And every year I try to get at least one non-musician in there to do a co-write. And it's always a, an interesting, a fascinating experience because they, they, they're very different songs. It's very different than than doing it with someone who's spent time developing the craft, and but it's it, it's not worse. It's not worse by any means. It's it's just different and and interesting and intriguing in its own right. And I've I've gotten some songs that I really really like out of it. So I had never um, collaborated before. I started doing FOM this huh. past uh, February, February Album Writing Month, and it's all online. And they have a, a website, and people post lyrics that they need someone to set to a melody and people post uh, instrumental tracks that they would like lyrics and a melody to. And I had never, ever done that. And it was an amazing experience to take an instrumental that isn't marked. This is the intro. This is the verse. This is the bridge. This is the chorus. You have to figure that all out. And also it wasn't really collaborative. It was here. Here you go. And uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. you have my permission and, and just do it. 
Um, and what I really liked is I got songs that were not necessarily in my style that I certainly never would have written that I loved through these collaborations. And since then, I've collaborated um, online with uh, two people from the five and five. And we do Zoom and Google Docs and we're, you know, we just bang it out. And uh, it, it's a wonderful process. And again, I get something that I could never have done on my own. And I learned so much. I learned some techniques from this young songwriter that's, that is going to save me tons of time in my writing. Uh, ways to record chords that I had never thought of. Oh. Um, and other things that she she did that really, really helped me in my process. Well, that's a great thing about I, I think collaboration is it's such a great learning experience. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, doing an interview is is one thing, and it's more of a direct form of of learning. But I think when I actually collaborate with someone, I think it's a deeper, richer form of learning. Because a lot of times people don't really know why they can't necessarily articulate why they do what they do, and when you're working with them, you you really see it laid bare, the differences between your own process and theirs. Very true, very yeah. true. And you also usually get another friend out of it. That's right. Fantastic, That's right. and a, yeah. if expanding you're... your musical community. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, we went on a we went on a tangent, but that was a good tangent. I'm I'm glad we did. Uh, we've got your challenge song for this week, and we and we talked a little bit about the prompt. And uh, so this was the one that the the well, there was two songs before this. This is the one that you ended up with. This is "How I Really Feel" by Susan Veet Heslin.
was great um and and the story behind how that that came about that 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 makes it resonate even more so i'm I'm glad because i was i was looking at it um before we started recording and i was thinking oh, i wonder how this ties into the prompt and and I, I i i i'm happy that it turned out to be well i'm not happy that you you got your feelings hurt but i'm but i'm happy that it was an interesting story uh of how you ended up coming here by the way, I just have to say, I just the the little walk down that you do with the 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 piano when you say okay, that is just such a highlight of this song for me. That just really makes my heart sink. I just uh, that that pre-chorus is just really nails it for me. Well, thank you because that was really hard to do for me on the piano because I'm going up and it's kind of like opposite moves, and I oh. had to. Because I can't score these songs when I write them this fast. I have to just do quick sort of notes. Uh-huh. And I had to memorize that because I kept messing it up every time I would do it. And I would also say I started this song with the pre-chorus. That was what I wrote first, which I've never done. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that you... that, that I is... mean, musically, musically. I, I started with the oh, music. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I wrote yeah, all yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. Well, I'm, it was worth the, the working through that part. I mean, that, that's a great part. and. And I, I love I, I love the pre-chorus. I think that's that that really makes the song for me. I mean, there I like the chorus. I I mean, it, it, it's it's good all the way around. But I but I think that pre-chorus really really stood out for me. Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit more about? I mean, so now we know a little bit about how you you started. You want to tell, talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. So uh, I, I I do songs all different ways. You know, guitar and lap, words, music, all at the same time. On the piano, it's also that way. It can be at the same time, but this one, I just wanted to really focus on one theme, and that's one of my songwriting flaws is I will maybe make two themes within one song, and they're not as tightly focused mm. as they should be, so I, I didn't want to make that mistake. So when I do the lyrics by themselves, I usually don't make that mistake. When I just let it flow, that's when I go down the too many things in one song path. So... I came up with a structure that I liked um, with the longer lines. I like to vary things. It's interesting to me um, when the rhythmic pattern is a little bit different with the lines and the verses. Um, and I wanted a rise in the chorus. And I, I did want it to be a personal song that really said something. And I just, I kept going back and trying to better my word choice as I was getting the lyrics down. And I had mm -hmm. a friend help me a little with the pre-chorus. And, um, you know, get those lyrics where I wanted them to be. And the music was pretty fast once I got that pre-chorus and then I went to the chorus. 
and then I went to the verse. And musically, I usually start at the verse and go, but I wanted to know where I needed to get to uh-huh. to figure out where I was going to start. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you so so you said you usually start writing the verse and just you start from A and go to to Z or? for the music. Yes, uh-huh. yeah, for uh-huh. sure. Okay, but I might try this again. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> right? was this was this was good. This was good. And you're the first person to uh, first songwriter to bring in a piano based song. And I and before we we talked, you had you had said that you you find it more difficult to write on the piano. So what? Let's just talk about the differences between composing on a piano versus a guitar. I think for me, um, I'm used to playing the piano with music in front of me, and I mm. learned via music. Guitar, I learned entirely by ear for the most part. Um, okay. So a lot of, I, I know a lot of chords. I know the, you know a lot of it, but a lot of it when I write songs, especially when I'm in different tunings and I really don't know what I'm doing, it's 100% by ear. So there are no rules. I don't have to really think about anything. and. And with the guitar, basically, you have your chord structure, your picking structure, and you're good to go. With the piano, I have many keys that can get me into <laughs> areas I don't want to get into musically. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's harder. You know, on the guitar, I'm limited by, you know, my finger size and my knowledge. Uh-huh. There are no limits on the piano. Well, I guess there's some limits. but So I have to uh, just do something that I can handle, that I can remember, and that I can play from start to finish without too many mistakes so I can get and also I so the first two songs my guitar songs I was playing and singing at the same time and I recorded those oh okay oh, I oh can, yeah I cannot play piano and sing at the same time because yeah. I just don't do enough of it I'm the same um, way and it takes so you play piano also I I can do a passable one-handed piano <laughs> it, 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 it just takes too much of my brain to, to be able to get any kind of a vocal and to remember what I'm playing when I'm playing off of, you know, chicken scratch notes of what I'm supposed to be doing and my bad memory. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, but, but the other thing, the good thing about the piano is everything is possible. So it's, it's negative quality is also for me, it's positive quality. So I can try a hundred different notes to get exactly that chord that I want which I did with this song as much as I could to, to really get the right intervals and the right um, notes going. For this song, do you, do you feel like you have a complete song here? Do you feel like you ended up with a complete song after a week? I, I think so. Um, I, I might want to revisit the third verse a little bit and also maybe how many times I said feel in one song, which mm. I was too afraid to count, but it's a lot. Well, that's, yeah, be, yeah. You know, might but be it, too I, focused. <laughs> I would say that it didn't, uh, it didn't really stand out to me as being too much. Um, I mean, well, that was something we t- I talked uh, with last week's guest, uh, Bill Nash, because he brought in a song that, that was really built around uh, repetition. And it totally worked. Totally worked. Absolutely. And... However, you know, some songs, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm not sure I have a, a mental rule about that myself. Well, when you're, when you're doing a self-critique and you, you incorporate your friends, actually, maybe that's, uh, we should just go into that, but when you do a critique of a song, do you have like a, a standard process that you do? Do you look at, you know, it's like, I'm going to look at the, 
the melodic flow. Then I'm going to check out to see if the words are, you know, too but too many syllables. Or I mean, do you, what, what's your process? What's your process like when you're critiquing your own song? Oh, um, so for me, I am music first. When I listen to a song, I almost don't even hear the words. Yeah, I, I'm with I, you. I, okay, so you know how that feels. So lyrics are kind of a little bit secondary to me, although they're you know super important. So I guess I, I listen musically to see if it flows, if it's cohesive, you know, if it's holding itself together. I listen for anything that's, you know, feeling like it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll make a bridge and I'll be like, you want a bridge, you really want a bridge, but not this bridge. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, those, are, I think the transitions are the hardest part and the, the most challenging part of songwriting is how you get, I spend so much time trying to get from one place to another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. How do you get from the end of the chorus back to the yeah the verse? Do you find when you're on the piano, you talked about sometimes getting getting into the wilderness. Uh, do you <laughs> do you find yourself sometimes uh, changing keys and you're not sure how to 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 get back to where you were? Or is oh, that sure? Well, yeah. well, not so much changing keys as ending on a chord, loving that chord, wanting to keep that chord. In songwriting, you sometimes have to let something go that you love to make it work. Or you have to come up with something that may ultimately turn out to be better. Um, but also, one other thing that I do is I try to record pretty early on just to have mm. something that I can listen to while I'm cooking, especially if I have a week to build the song. Yeah. And I will record a mistake, like I'll play the wrong chord or I'll sing the wrong word, and I end up liking it better than what I intentionally wrote. Yeah, serendipity is... That yeah, that's that is it's your friend. <laughs> I know it's like those a lot of those mistakes. Uh, you know, people grit their teeth when they they make the mistakes, but but yeah, so many great great ideas have come in at least my songs. I feel like uh, that were just just mistakes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I wish I had done that the first time. Yeah, so. exactly. How about lyrics? When you're looking over your lyrics, what do you what do you look at? Um, I want to make sure my point of view is um, consistent through the song. Uh, tense is consistent if I'm in present tense, past tense, whatever. Um, I want to get imagery, which is probably one of my weakest um, things in songwriting is getting really solid imagery in my lyrics. So trying to find words that, you know, give people something they can see in their minds when they hear it. See, I, I found, um, I found sometimes that I'll write a song, you know, and it'll be like the, the, the music of it is what really, you know, propels me. And I'll end up putting a bunch of very basic lyrics in there. And, and then I'll be like, uh, I'll go back and it's like, this is so basic. <laughs> you know, how do I, how do I make it interesting? And then I'll, I'll try to find, I, I probably lean too much on this, but I, I oftentimes try to find extended metaphors to to replace those and and find the imagery and 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 you know sometimes a more personal uh, or detail oriented way. You know, I you know sometimes the personal stuff can actually be pretty broad for me, uh, but the the details come from the metaphors. But sorry, uh, well, but anyway, I'm just saying, yeah, 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 I, that, that happens with me sometimes. <laughs> Well, I think this is this is this is a great song and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it. So but this is this is a fantastic start. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Oh, thank you for the prompt. Yeah. Well, I hope you don't mind if I indulge a little bit with with the song that I came up with. 
I would love to hear it again. All right. Well, uh, as is custom, I went with the same prompt. Uh, when people are free to do as they please, they usually imitate each other. And I'll admit, I wasn't sure how to go with it. I think I talked to you ahead of time about how I was thinking, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll just try to mimic another artist and and do it that way. Because I think there are a lot of folks out there who, you know, if, if they get creative, they end up doing that. They end up kind of copying their favorite artists. and And if they're lucky, it'll turn out to be something inspired by those artists. And if they're unlucky, it might end up sounding like a slavish <laughs> imitation, right? Or a, or a poor imitation, right? Um, but I, I kind of, I kind of discarded that. In fact, I, it started out, uh, there was a point where I was looking at doing a really depressing, really depressing, uh, version about this, about being stuck at work and, and then being stuck at home during the, the, the pandemic and how you're just stuck doing the same old things. And I was thinking, I'm just not in it right now. I, you know, there are other times where I want to do depressing songs and I like depressing songs, but I was just not in that mood. So I decided to make it a little bit more whimsical. Uh, well, anyway, without going into it, to it too much, let's play the song. This is called The Same Old Things, and it is by yours truly. I always thought I'd be a master sailor on the sea I'd navigate the shores from Cape Town to Tripoli All the adventures I imagined I would surely see Buried treasure that would guarantee The love of a mermaid draped in seaweed I used to dream that I would soar up to the azure sky Escape the atmosphere and see the moon with naked eyes Then I would fall and lay down softly on a cloud so high Observe the curves of the earth below If only I'd the nerve to make it so Instead I'd do the same old things The same old things Same old things as you When I became a man I thought I'd be a visionary I changed the world to prove that I was extraordinary Journalists and poets would write the words that told my story Literary devotees would read it through If only I would live enough to make it true Still I do the same old things Same old things Same old things As you How will it be Stuck between dreams and reality what will become of me? Take a look around You'll see we all fall down Those who lost Will still be found 
I used to think I was a failure by comparison I used to fret and stress and quiet desperation Then I was rescued by a safe, secure Samaritan I found the beauty in routine An ordinary life would set me free And now I do the same old things The same old things The same old things With you Now I do the same old things same old things, same old things with you. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this was. Let me think here. So, yeah, I originally it was the, the verses were going to be all about being stuck in a traffic jam and driving to work and getting paper cuts and doing, you know, looking at spreadsheets and how that was still better than being stuck at home or something like that. But, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I thought that was going to be too depressing. And I thought, you know, adding a little bit of whimsy to offset what kind of is kind of a down chorus. I thought would be kind of a good contrast. Uh and then and then I kind of have a twist which I hope it comes off is that the twist is that doing the same old things is not a bad thing in this song. And this this by the way has got to be probably the squarest song I've ever written because it's basically saying forget about your dreams. Everything's fine if you just, you know, calm down and and just just do the simple things. I uh, you know it's it's kind of a backwards song in a lot of ways. Uh, but um, I the 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 verses are obviously I'm I'm cramming a lot of words in, and that's intentional. Did you did you ever see a movie called um, I think it was Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges? He plays kind of a washed up uh, country songwriter. Who's past his prime, but his old partner is trying to bring him back into the scene. And he's an alcoholic, and he has a lot of personal issues. And I, I think it's a great film. It's a great film. But there's one scene in the film where uh, Robert Duvall comes in, and he's, I guess, an old mentor to to Jeff Bridges' character, and he sings this uh, a much old timeier country song, and he does it a cappella, but it. The way that it flows, it just it's kind of it sounds like it's it's kind of a, a type of talk singing and 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 I don't know I've been kind of inspired by that many many times and never been able to capture that and this song doesn't capture that but the point is I'm just trying to say there's something about that that cadence in that that thing that he that Robert Duvall's character sang in the song in the movie that kind of inspired that kind of talk singing that I'm doing in here. I'm also a big fan of Blossom Deary. Do you know Blossom Deary? No. She's she's a jazz singer from, I think she was prominent in the 50s and 60s. And she had a real talk singing style. Anyway, I just, I was kind of exploring talk singing here. And, and this feels very much like something from the 60s. Did it feel that way to you? Like it could have been something from the 60s? 
Um, a little bit, but I, I do have to say the, the first thing I thought of was how lovely the contrast was between the pace of your verse and then the and, and all the words and the slowness of your chorus with more repetition in it. It was just lovely, lovely contrast, which that's one thing that I look for in a song is is some really nice contrast. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, did yeah. you write the, the the how did you write it? Did you do words first music second i would say that i wrote the melody for the verses knowing syllabically what i wanted to do i knew that i wanted to do this kind of talk singing kind of thing i don't know well like i said i started with a whole completely different lyric and i knew the same old thing was going to be the uh the refrain or it was going to be the chorus but the verses yeah i i, I I mean, I was verbalizing it because I don't, I don't like to, generally speaking, I mean, I, I do sometimes, but generally speaking, I don't write with an instrument. Uh, Interesting. I like to, uh, in fact, my favorite way to go write a song is to basically go for a walk. And, and, and I start with a rhythm uh, because I, I think when I'm doing kind of rapid fire songwriting, I'm doing a lot of songs in, uh, you know, one right after the other, that it's more important for me to distinguish each song from the last one. And the way that I find the easy button for making something different than the previous song is to just to choose a different rhythm. And so this was, you know, definitely trying to choose something that was, that was different from the last song, which, which maybe, you know, owed a little bit to country too, I guess, but they're different kind of country influences. Not that this is a country song. Not that the last one was actually a country song either. But I'm just saying sometimes that's sometimes that's what influences it. So, yeah. Well, um, I have to say I'm a sucker for a descending bass line. So as soon as I first heard that, I thought I'm going to love this song. Oh, nice. Excellent. Excellent. I, I love that. Um, and your your melody uh, is beautiful and memorable. It's in my head. It's going to be in my head for a while, which is a good thing. Cool. Uh, for me. Um, and I liked your melodic transition from verse to verse and then verse to chorus, the using those last two lines to get you there. Uh -huh. I thought that worked, worked really, really well. Um, and your imagery, of course, your whimsical, it just made the song that isn't really ordinary, you know, extraordinary kind of. <laughs> I thought that was a nice little twist. Um, I like also how your bridge set up your closing verse and you kind of completed your thought of, you know, dreams versus reality and that the ordinary can be extraordinary kind of, you know, and I especially liked at the end where you added um, with you. So it was all mm. just one person, but at the very end. So it made me think of a relationship actually. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's that's what I was hoping to go. I, I wanted yeah. to kind of hide it a little bit because you know the first time it sounds accusatorial, uh, the first two times, but then it's right. like, oh no no no, this is this is a good thing. Yeah. Comfort in the familiar. Loved how you took the chorus up an octave when you repeated it. Oh, I thought that worked really really well. And I I just liked how you used the prompt. I mean, you know, it's it's so cool how you get different songs out of the same prompt. Yeah. And this song, I mean, it seems so obvious, but you made it just so cool. The concept, the way that you delivered it with those just gorgeous verses and really, really worked. I, I, my favorite um, 
I loved, I found beauty in, in the routine and ordinary life would set me free. So you dreamed of, in this song, dreamed of something grandiose, but in reality. Ooh, by the way, grandiose would be actually a good word for this song. Maybe I'll try to fit that in. It's got the right... Grandiose. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. And one of my co-writes, uh, one of the co-writers had all these numbers on the right-hand side of her lyrics. She just does lyrics. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are those numbers for? She goes, those are my syllable counts. I was like, that is so smart. I don't think she, you know, I had never thought to do that. Yeah, it's, well, you know, my worry about that is just being, like, too rigid on that. Because uh, if, I don't know if you've ever, well, now that you're doing more collaborations, uh, well, when when somebody gives me a set of lyrics that haven't been written with music in mind, they just basically, I wrote these down, They're they're kind of like poems. And they oftentimes have too rigid of a structure in my mind. I have a hard time working with that because it feels to me like then I have to come up with ways to sing the words so that they're, you know, they add beats or something. But I, I kind of feel like, I mean, this was a challenge here because I'm using so many words and how do I make it flow? And I, I right here you can see... Uh, well, the people on the pod listening to the podcast can't see, but here at the the, the, <laughs> the top of the second column of my lyrics, this is the part where it goes: uh, journalists and poets would write the words that told my story. Literary devote devotees would read it through. If only I would live a life to make it true, and that's just wrong. It doesn't work. It needs to be. I mean, the sentiment I think is cool, but it's hard to sing. Uh, most of the song is pretty easy to sing, but that, that's a really tough part to sing. And I, I, that was one part that I'm kind of, uh, flagging for, uh, rewrite. I think that's a good test of lyrics is the singability. And when I work with lyricists only, I'll say to them, you know, I may have to do some changing Yeah. just for singability. Um, I learned a great co-writing trip. Do you know Heather Miller? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure I know a heather miller i but i don't it doesn't ring a bell yeah. with songwriting she, she's she's based in austin and we did a co-write for swu and we came up with the lyrics together and we both went away to set them to music and we used a a, a pattern song and we used the song <laughs> we wish you a merry christmas because it had the 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 um beat that we wanted and the, the kind of the variable line oh yeah, yeah 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 and actually i'm sorry we didn't come up we came up with intentions for each verse so all we had at the end of our session was what we intended to say in each verse what we wanted the song to be about which is about making pies of all things well wait and, wait wait. so so okay i i don't think i'm i'm not understanding but please finish maybe i'll understand when you're <laughs> So we would say, okay, verse one needs to be about the ingredients of the pie. And verse two needs to be about your grandmother's secret recipe. And we would have all these, these ideas of what we wanted to include, but we didn't write the lyrics. And we said, let's go separately and try to write the lyrics and make them sound like da, 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 da. So that pattern, mm. eight syllables with a da, 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 da. Yes. No, no, we, that's the wrong thing. We wish you, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, we wish. And, and we came back with almost a completed song. It was incredible. Nice. Yeah. And so you just had to change the melody is what you're. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, when I'm collaborating with somebody. Well, 
when I'm when I'm doing a split like that, and I'm not a huge fan of kind of doing a music uh, lyric split, because I actually I even though I probably think music first, I I like writing the lyrics more than I than you know adding music to some you know pre-existing lyrics. I I, I find that to be a much harder task. I I do try to ask folks that it, you know if you're gonna do it, don't just write it as a poem. Try to write it. Maybe take the melody of another song that you like and 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 just you know rewrite it with whatever you want to do and then at least the lyrics are a little bit more song like and it's easier for me to kind of put music to it, it you know even if it I don't know what the source is uh, I think when I'm trying to write lyrics sometimes I'll I'll work with somebody who wants me to write lyrics without writing the music which is very tough for me because I tend to write them at the same time uh I I'll I'll do that I'll take another song and and write to that melody just because I've been in situations where I'll write a song and then I'll write a melody of my own just so that I can write the lyrics and then like well I'm I'm now partial to my song, you know, my version of it and <laughs> that that's not the project, so Yeah, that's you get you get attached. It's hard to let go and I'll say, you know, in a co-write either, you know, I am not invested in this, you can you can, you know, shoot down anything or I'll say, I just love this, you know, if there's any way we can keep this one part. But essentially that's the same thing, using a a song as kind of a rhythmic template to keep your structure going. I like that. Have you had an instance where you read something or heard something and you were just compelled to write a song? Like it was the first thing you did after that experience. Ooh, boy. That it was the first thing I did after that experience? Like like maybe you read it the night before, and as soon as you got up in the morning, you had to write this song, or you saw something online, and you put everything down, and you said, I have to write this song. Sounds like something I might have done in college, but I haven't done that recently. <laughs> I haven't done that recently, I'm afraid. I, there's definitely, I've been inspired by um, by by things that I've either heard or... Um, or read, and there there are, you know, I've, I've several examples where I've written something from that. But it's interesting that you know, I if I want to actually sit down and just write something, I, it doesn't it doesn't usually come like that for me. Unfortunately, I mean, I I I have gotten into the habit of having to set my own, you know, set a goal, a phys- you know, a very plain, uh, a discrete goal, and that's what gets me gets me going. And it forces me to to take those ideas that maybe I was inspired by previously and finish them. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, sometimes uh, I I have two examples of this in the not just within the last couple of years. Uh I read something and it was a song to me. Nice. Like there was something on Instagram that a relative of mine posted about an experience she had. And I read it and literally, fortunately, I had the time I couldn't do anything until I got that song out. Nice. Nice. And I used her, she had posted, she, she posted a poem. I think that's what made me think of it when you were talking about trying to turn a poem into a song, but I was able to use, she even had a chorus Mm -hmm. and and the name of the song is this tattoo is not for you. Oh, okay. And you have that, uh, you have that posted out there on YouTube or where, where can you find that? 
I do not. <laughs> what? Oh, geez. Well, you're going to have to put it out there now. I will put it out there. I will put it out there. Yeah, you're right. This is wrong to talk about something and, and not well, explain what it it's is. Not, it's not wrong in a moral sense. It's just like, yeah, you know, it'd be good unfair. for people to hear this stuff. It's unfair. That's right. It's unfair. Yeah, I'll put it out there. Um, and I had another instance where there was a letter um, written by the gentleman who founded a town here. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but he had very set ideas on how everyone should be treated equally back in the 60s. Uh-huh. James Rouse is the developer. Okay. Um, and that letter um, where he said, let there be no misunderstanding among us was just, I don't know. I, I saw it as a musical theater experience with him calling everyone together saying, this is how we do things here. You, you, you do not discriminate. Everyone has the same shot at everything here. Mm. And it was so powerful to me. I had to, I had to write a song. Yeah, I wish I got that kind of inspiration more often. I think, I think the problem is that I mean, I started doing uh, prompt, not not prompt writing necessarily, but just kind of uh, first draft or or rapid songwriting because I was having a hard time finding the time to do it. I, I one of my big things was actually the the business of being a singer songwriter really destroyed distracts from the process of songwriting for me because you know there's a lot of social media you got to do you got to book shows you got to practice you got to you know organize rehearsals with you know whoever you're playing with and and all that stuff takes up so much emotional real estate for me that it it makes me you know and then the fact that you're trying to do a business right you know it's kind of a that that you're writing these songs because even if you love doing it um there's a lot of pressure to do it. And oddly enough, when I started doing my, my January songwriting project, uh, that actually took a lot of pressure off because I, I basically said that I, I'm not going to deal with any of that booking or social media or any of that stuff. I'm taking the whole month off just to write and just doing the thing that I really care about. And... Yeah, it just became a whole lot easier and enjoyable again, and and I do that also with Halloween. Halloween is kind of I, Halloween's my <laughs> other node of creativity during the year, and it's not just about music, but I also do film projects and audio projects and and uh, art projects. Uh, but but those are all you know. There's there's something about those projects that actually frees my mind from the stress of being a singer songwriter. And and allows me to just focus on the creative aspect of it. I wish I would be more inspired by just, you know, reading something in the news. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, it, it's hard. We're, we're split in so many different directions, you know, memorizing lyrics, practicing writing, all the technology involved, yeah. which is just moving your music around and, and keeping track of all of your songs and filing things. And it's... It's a lot. And the creative yeah. part is the fun part. That's the, the really pure. It, it is. It is. And I think sometimes when you take your, you take your hobby and try to turn it into a job, it, it just changes things a little bit. And, and trying, to, uh, trying to find that inspiration in, it sometimes can be a little bit, a little bit tougher. Uh, I don't know if everybody agrees with that, but, but for me, it, it definitely was uh, all the machinations around it. Uh, really distracted me. And I was sick of writing only like six songs a year, right? That's just, you know, if I can't write a song a month, then something's yeah. wrong. 
uh, let me just wrap up with this 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 song of mine here. I, I think uh, I I I really like it structurally. I I there is part of me that's sort of like. This is not a cool song. It's very square. It's all about pursuing the ordinary life, and you know what? What? Who's this going to speak to, and that sort of thing? But, but I structurally, it's so different from anything I think I've done, and I think it, you know, on a base level, I think it's it's enjoyable on its own terms. I think it, I think it works pretty well. There are a few tweaks that I want to do, but I think for the most part, I mean, certainly my guitar arrangement needs to get tweaked <laughs> a lot. Uh, but I think the the lyrics are mostly there, except for a few spots that, you know, just just it's it's about the syllables and the and the emphasis and the accents, I should say. Yeah, that's how I feel right now about this song. Um, I think that it's just so universally relatable. I yeah. really do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think square at all, not from my songwriting viewpoint. Okay, good. I, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I hang out with creative people all the time, and I think you know more. There, this would be like a tragedy for a lot of the the creative people I know. I think the idea oh, that they I go see. to an ordinary life uh, from something this, you know, fanciful. Yeah, I, I'm more ordinary. I think. Yeah. But that's. I, but I think that's. You know, I I do think that living kind of an unassuming life is. Is just fine. I think we live in a culture which tells you that you have to be really, really extraordinary or or, or exemplary. Exemplary is not even the word. Uh, just you got to be special. And I think there's something special about not being special. I, I don't think it's it's a bad thing. I think it's. I think there are some people that really need to be the center of attention. They really need to be out there leading things. But I think there are some folks that are that are content and probably would be happier if they just kind of lived a life of routine. And I, I think that's, I think that's fine. And I, I, I think some of them feel guilty for it. There's a lot of pressure on people to, 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 to do something more. And, and I don't think everybody needs to. Well, I think, you know, routines are very comforting in a lot of ways to a lot of people and really the foundation of a healthy life. Having, Absolutely. You know, even songwriting routines, you know, you have to have that's true. some sort of imposed structure and it can help it can help yeah and i think the comfort the comfort in routines is uh is a big one especially uh, i mean right now i was just thinking I, that. uh, that's been a tough one for people because their their routines have been busted i i know my yep. my big comfort routine was going out to get i'm not a coffee drinker but i like coffee shops so i will i, I would go and get uh, hot chocolate so my big thing would be to go and get hot chocolate and i would sit on my uh, laptop and, and do a bunch of do a bunch of the nuts and bolts type of stuff that had to do with the music biz, you know, booking and, and setting up rehearsals and all that stuff. Uh, and that was, that was just really enjoyable for me. And that's, that's one of those routine comforts that I really, really miss. I really miss right now. Yeah. It's sort of like doing your own thing, but you're surrounded by the energy of other people kind of doing, you're like a community, but you're not interacting, but exactly. You're, you get that energy, yeah. but you don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Because I'm definitely a social anxiety kind of guy. Throw me in a crowd, and I can slink to the to the corner pretty quickly. <laughs> but if if I'm in a place where I'm not expected to have to interact, then I, I do enjoy that energy. So, mm -hmm. so that that's where it's like, am, am I? Is it is that being an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, and I I'm thinking it's kind of a just a socially anxious person. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think I I'm more introverted than people would think, but I have extroverted tendencies. Yeah. So 
I get energy when I'm around other people, but I can spend long periods of time doing my own thing and be perfectly content. I get energy around people, but then I get exhausted and, uh, yes. and I, I, I definitely am a, I'm an introvert with social skills. People, people think I'm an extrovert. Uh, and, <laughs> but when I'm, when I'm doing things, to be honest with you, when I do things like this, these interviews, or I do co-writes, those are, I'm, those are things I'm really pushing myself to do. I, I have to work at it. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation is the social skill etiquette when you're co-writing, especially someone that's new to you. How honest can you be? Um, you know, what are the boundaries? It's, yeah, you're right. It is. And uh, I, boy, I've done a lot of co-writes in the last few years and my experience with it has been, I think they work best if you both go in trying to write a song for the other person. That you don't even, you don't even, I think if you get stuck thinking we're going to write the best song possible, that's, that's a mistake right there. Because you're going to be, uh, you're just going to be stuck on your own taste and you're not going to be taking into account the other person. I think the focus really needs to be the best collaboration. And when I go in and I write a song with somebody else, my, my idea is like, well, I'm going to try to write my version of their song style, you know, of one of a song that they might write. And it works really well and it flows really well and it just gets the ego out of the way. Getting everybody on the same page, that's yeah. a different thing. But but for me, that's that's how I get my ego out of the way. So I think we, we wrote uh, both uh, good uh, prompt songs this, this last week and... Uh, Thank you so much for sharing and sharing your insights on, on all the things we talked about. We went in a lot of different directions, and I appreciate that. <laughs> so at this point, uh, is there anything that you want to promote? you have a, like a website or, or uh, uh, CDs or anything like that? Um, I'm out there. I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook and YouTube posting under my name, uh, posting my you know, versions of songs, and I have uh, links in there to my website. You have SoundCloud too. Is that do you post I most? Do. Where do you think you post most of your your material? Um, live stuff. I've been doing a song a week on Facebook. Okay. For an open mic, um, and um, most of those end up on YouTube also, and on Instagram. <laughs> so I know SoundCloud, you... I I use that more for the songwriting prompts. Uh, oh, I okay. do have a, 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 one other thing on songwriting that I I wanted to yeah. say is that when you write a lot, no one song becomes the best song ever. Yes. Each song loses its preciousness, so, you're, so you, you write to finish. That's the yeah. goal. And then you get a finished song, and you know there'll be another song because you just wrote one the day before. So it kind of almost takes the pressure off of you. Absolutely. I totally agree. I've, there are some uh, novice songwriters that... Uh, I've associated with and it always gets me about how important it is to get this song that they're working on exactly right. And I, I'm I'm sure I was like that when I was first started writing and whatnot, but but it, it's just not that way anymore. It really it, it it feels like you know what? Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Get it out there and and uh and then write another song and improve, you know? Well, it's very much a journey. And if we waited until we sound like maybe what's in our head, you know, a high production yeah. quality, some of the songs that we hear on the radio are written by five people who churn out songs <laughs> all the time. Yeah. You know, we can't do that as one person. So 
you are where you are. And I didn't share my stuff for a really long time um, online because it, it wasn't what I thought it should be. But I just decided as I'm on this journey, I'm going to start sharing. And Well, I'm glad that you do. I'm glad that you do because I, I, I like your stuff a lot. Well, thank you. All right, I think we're going to we're going to wrap up here. Uh next week, I am going to have this year's winner of the John Lennon songwriting contest in the uh, I believe the folk category, uh Finn O'Sullivan. She's a local uh Boulder local singer-songwriter. And uh yeah, so get ready for that. So I'm going to post the prompts for Finn uh probably Saturday. Uh, but this weekend certainly. And I, I really encourage you all out there to, to play along. Uh, I, I encourage you to pick a prompt, write a song, and then uh, feel free to post it as a comment on uh, my my music page on Facebook, Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. Or if you want to email it to me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com, I, will, I am happy to, to play some of those songs that have been written to one of the prompts on the show or highlight it on my music page. So please feel free to 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 play along. So again, that's uh, Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza on Facebook or rawsongwriting at gmail.com. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. We'll see you next time. I always thought I'd be a master sailor on the sea. I'd navigate the shores from Cape Town to Tripoli Oh, the adventures I imagined I would surely see Buried treasure that would guarantee The love of a mermaid draped in seaweed I used to dream that I would soar up to the azure sky Escape the atmosphere and see the moon with naked eyes Then I would fall and lay down softly on a cloud so high Observe the curves of the earth below If only I'd the nerve to make it so Instead I'd do the same old things The same old things Same old things as you When I became a man I thought I'd be a visionary I changed the world to prove that I was extraordinary Journalists and poets would write the words that told my story Literary devotees would read it through If only I would live enough to make it true Still I do the same old things Same old things Same old things As you How will it be Stuck between dreams and reality what will become of me? Take a look around You'll see we all fall down Those who lost Will still be found 
I used to think I was a failure by comparison I used to fret and stress and quiet desperation Then I was rescued by a safe, secure Samaritan I found the beauty in routine An ordinary life would set me free And now I do the same old things The same old things The same old things With you Now I do the same old things The same old things same 